0: Jcastnetwork.org.
1: Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sossland, and today we are learning Daf Samech Aleph, page sixty-one in Masachet Eruvin. Yasher We are finishing chapter five of the Masachet. Hadran Alach Keitzad Me'abrin. May we return to you, the chapter known as Keitzad Me'abrin. Today we move to chapter six of Eruvin known by the first word of its first Mishnah, Hadar. Hadar im ha'akum im o'im mi she'einomodeh ba'eruv, hare Ze One who lives in a courtyard with an akum, an idolator, or with someone who does not acknowledge the eruv, this person restricts him from using the eruv. This person makes that eruv unusable. An Akum is a great rabbinic word. It's the acronym for Oved Kochavim Umazalot, someone who worships stars and constellations. It refers to all non-Jews. And when the Mishnah refers to those who don't acknowledge the Eruv, Rashi explains that this is referring to those who don't buy the legal principle of an Eruv, the Kutim is his example. They were a nation who converted to Judaism after an outbreak of wild animals scared them into converting. The Kuti, Rashi says, are Geire Arayot, converters for beasts. They weren't really serious about the religion, and so they couldn't be held accountable for their part in the Eruv, and therefore they made the Eruv Asur, or they made the Eruv unusable. So the question arises, what would you do if you did live with a non-Jew and you wanted to have a workable roof? Evidently, from this Mishnah, just having a non-Jewish neighbor makes the roof unusable. Certainly, this idea, um, as the Gemara suggests below, is intended to deter people from living with non-Jews. You wouldn't be able to carry your food into the courtyard on Shabbat. But when you think about Jewish history, this doesn't really make sense. Throughout Jewish history, we've always lived among non-Jewish neighbors. So evidently, this did not deter us enough. Um, And there's a question, what would we do about creating an Eruv when living with non-Jews? Rashi suggests the out here, which will be brought later in the Gemara. he says it is forbidden to carry from your home to the courtyard until he leases from his neighbor the permission that he or the property that he holds within the courtyard. If you have a neighbor who doesn't hold by the Aruf for whatever reason, your option would be to lease the property from him. And if you have many neighbors, your option is to lease the property from each of them, from every neighbor. As the Gemara explains below, this was also supposed to be a pain. Having to get permission from every resident should, one would think, provide enough of a deterrent to those who might even consider living near non-Jews. But Jewish history has never allowed us to live completely separated from our neighbors. Some sort of accommodation has always had to be made. If we look at the top right of our daf, the top right corner, we see the Ein Mishpat near Mitzvah in the margin at the top. This is a cross-reference to legal codes where the issues of the daf are raised. The Ein Mishpat reminds us that this is all brought in the Shulchan Aruch, where the issue is raised with potential accommodations for those who might live among non-Jews. The 16th century legal code, the Shulchan Aruch, brings this very issue. One should get permission from every resident, or in a large town he can lease the permission from the tsar, the minister, or the one who is appointed underneath him. Today, this is what is referred to as shirat Reshut, the leasing of property, the leasing of permission. And it certainly makes for interesting stories in the modern era. If a Jewish community wants to build an Eruv today, they have to get that permission. They have to get shirat Reshut. It must be a proclamation from the mayor or from the police commissioner or from someone who is in charge of the city. There's a great story that Rabbi Saul Berman tells. He said that when the Eruv was being built in New York City, they needed the mayor to support it for a construction pro- project. The, um, the rabbis who were setting up the Eruv knew someone who was working in the mayor's office, and they went to him and, and they approached them, Mayor Koch, to approve the A-roof. The person on his staff said, "Okay, here's what we'll do. Why don't we have Mayor Koch speak at Lincoln Square Synagogue during campaign season, and at that talk he can announce on that occasion that he has just signed a document authorizing an A-roof in New York." Mayor Koch would give the schirat rashut on behalf of the whole city in order to build an A-roof here. The schirat rashut becomes an issue in cases where the town may oppose an Eruv. You may remember recently when the community in the town of West Hampton wanted to build an Eruv, the locals, many of whom were Jews, came out very strongly against it. Ultimately, the courts ruled that the Eruv had to be put up, that it was constitutional. The court then became the Sekirat Rashut. So following the history of the Eruv through time shows a pretty important piece of the Jewish navigation throughout the secular world. The Mishnah may have intended to discourage our living among the nations, but the Gemara and then later Jewish sources create pathways to coexistence. This reminds us of the statement of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi in the Talmud Yerushalmi, Why do we bother, in the first place, making eruve chatzerot? Why do we bother making a ruvín mipne darchei shalom, for the sake of peace? The truth is, a ruv creates community, sharing property, and building connections moves us out of the insularity of our own homes and creates ties to the world around us. As Jewish law over the centuries has helped us to create livable, observant communities, even among non-Jews making the leniencies of the Eruv possible, even in the non-Jewish world, our own boundaries become more permeable, and a wider community is formed. Mipnei darche shalom indeed. The Eruv ultimately does truly become a symbol of community, and ultimately a symbol of peace as well. Until tomorrow.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently. And that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.